Welcome to the preaching podcast of Life Point Church. We're so glad you've joined us here. If you're ever in the Baton Rouge area, please stop by. We'd love to meet you. For more information on our church or Pastor Donovan, please visit our website at golifepoint.com. Stand for the reading of word. Thank you for standing. Mark 4:35 is where we're going today. Mark 4:35 through 41. We're going to talk about two storms and I really want to I need, you need to hear both stories. So while you're standing, we'll read this. We'll read this this first storm story, Mark four thirty five through forty one. You know the the Weather Channel. I know you're standing. I'm sorry. The, the the Weather Channel loves storms. You know this is where they make their bank. Right. Because you never watch the Weather Channel until a name storm shows up, and then you're like. Oh man, I can't turn it off. You just, and you know what they're saying? Like every five minutes, every two minutes, it's like, well, there it is, man. Look at it. But it moved over here. I'm like, wow. And then the guys stand up, they do the whole, the whole reenactment, you know, like the, the 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 CGI storm. Like, this is what happens at 20 miles an hour, 50 miles an hour, 30, 80 miles an hour. You see the wind blow the here's what happens when the water's this high and this high and this high. And you just can't take your eyes off of it. We're going to talk about some storms today. Mark 4, 35. On the same day when evening had come, He said to them, that's Jesus said to His disciples, let us cross over to the other side. And when they had left the multitude, they took Him along in the boat as He was. And other little boats were also with Him. And a great windstorm arose, and the waves beat into the boat so that it was already filling with water, that is. But He was in the stern asleep on a pillow, and they awoke him and said to him, Teacher, do, not you, do, do you not care that, that we are perishing? One of the dumbest questions of all time. Then he arose and rebuked the wind and calm. But he said to them, Why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? And they feared exceedingly and said to one another, Who can this be that even the wind and the sea obey him? This is the first storm they face. There's, there's another one that they'll face. And I want to compare and contrast the two. And, and we're going to focus mainly on that second storm. I'd like to preach a message today entitled, The Test of the Second Storm. The Test of the Second Storm. Let's say a prayer. Father, I thank you, Lord, that you dropped this into my spirit. I pray I can deliver it, preach it with power and anointing, God, not of my own, Lord, but with your help. And I pray that we could hear it, God, and drop into our spirits. And we give you praise for that in Jesus' name. Everybody say amen. God bless you. You may be seated. Good to see Mr. Lonnie here today. We love Lonnie. Great to have him here. Now, we just read about the first storm. So let's take a look at the second storm. It's found in Matthew 14, 22 through 33. Listen to this. Immediately, Jesus made his disciples get into the boat and go before him to the other side. Sounds familiar? While he sent the multitudes away. And when he had sent the multitudes away, he went up on the mountain by himself to pray. So here we see some differences. Now, when evening came, he was alone there, but the boat was now in the middle of the sea, tossed by the waves, for the wind was contrary. Now, in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went to them walking on the sea. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, It's a ghost. And they cried out for fear. But immediately Jesus spoke to them, saying, Be of good cheer, it is I, do not be afraid. And Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it is you, command, command me to come to you on the water. So he said, Come. And when Peter had come 
down out of the boat. He walked on the water to go to Jesus. Pretty incredible. But when he saw that the wind was boisterous, he was afraid, beginning to sink, he cried out, saying, Lord, save me. Immediately, Jesus stretched out his hand and caught him and said to him, Oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt? And when they got into the boat, the wind ceased. Then those who were in the boat came and worshipped him, saying, Truly, you are the Son of God. Let me start out by saying this. In your walk with God, it's not if, it's when. Without a doubt, you are going to face a storm. No question about it. You are going to face a storm. It's like living on that peninsula of Florida. And God bless them right now. And may Dorian go up the coast or out the sea. Come on now, go away in Jesus' name. Go out the sea. You're going to face a storm if you start walking for God. You think it's all smooth sailing. You are going to face a storm. Storms, actually. You will face storms. In your Bible, Matthew 7, 24 through 27, we have the story of the, the man who built his house on the rock, the man who built his house on the sand. One heard the words of Jesus and did them. The other heard the words of Jesus and did not do them. But in both cases, the rain fell, the floods came, the winds blew and beat upon the house. The one that was prepared, the one that was not prepared, both of them faced storms. And I'm here to tell you, in your walk with God, you will face storms. And during the earthly ministry of Jesus, just three and a half years of, of time, basically, there were two significant storms that his followers faced. And, and looking at these storms can provide insight about the storms that we face and how we should handle them. There's the Jesus asleep in the boat story, and there's the Jesus walking on the water story. So let's take a look. In both stories, Jesus told the disciples to get in a boat and cross over to the other side. In the first storm, Jesus was in the boat, although he kind of checked out. He was in the stern. He was asleep. Think about it. This storm blows up. Jesus is asleep. He's He's, he's, he's back there with, with uh, a pillow, uh, drooling, dreaming. Like I try to humanize, right? This is Jesus. He was a man. He, he was God manifest in flesh. He was God as a human being. He's fully, truly God, but fully, truly man. He's a human being. He gets stuff in his teeth, gets stuff in his beard. And here he is back on the back of the boat, sleeping. I think he's probably dreaming, drooling. Laughing, <laughs> like having a pleasant dream. <laughs> and, and snoring, yes, he's snoring. And, and there they are in the storm of the century. And Jesus is, is checked out on him. He's back in the, in the back of the boat, dead asleep. In the second storm, he was not even in the boat. He stayed ashore to pray and, and later would come to them walking on the water. And, and pay attention to these differences here. In the first storm... Their boat was sinking. The disciples are freaking out, losing their minds. They thought they were going to die in that storm. But in the second storm, their boat was not sinking. They were just barely moving. Their progress because of the storm was greatly impeded. It was limited. It took all they had just to move a few inches ahead. Just making a little headway was difficult. The wind was against them pushing against them. When I was a kid, I'll never forget my family 
my dad, his sister, and his brother, and maybe a couple of us kids got in this little, this little boat, and we were on Lake Bistineau in North Louisiana, and we went way out on Bistineau, and we were fishing, and, and you, you know where that is, Larry, right? You know where Lake Bistineau is. We're out there, we've been at the camp, we're out fishing, and, and a storm blew up on Lake Bistineau, like a bad storm blew up. And so they crank up the little Evan, uh, Evan Rude motor, and they're, they're trying to get back. And there were so many of us in this little boat. I'm telling you, I didn't know if we were going to make it back. The waves got so big, and that boat is sloshing around. They put us kids down in the bottom of the boat, and, and they're sloshing around. Some of them even started praying, oh, Lord Jesus, help us to get back, you know. It didn't look like we are going to make it back to the camp. That's what they're facing, the storm that is just making it. That Evan Rue was giving it everything it got, but they couldn't hardly, we could hardly move. That's what they're facing. In the first storm, the Greek implies that the disciples were terrified. We're going to die. But in the second storm, the Greek implies that they were frustrated more than terrified. They were, they were afraid. that uh, They weren't afraid. They were frustrated. You ever been frustrated? Oh, man. In the first storm, Jesus said the disciples had no faith. In the second storm, they apparently had some faith. I mean, Jesus said that Peter had a little faith, but that was enough for him to walk on water and call out when he started to sink. That was enough. So, so apparently they had some faith in the second storm. I am convinced that in the first storm, and I've preached about this. I'm not going to spend time here, but I need to make this point. I'm convinced that in the first storm, the disciples were supposed to rebuke that storm themselves. That's why Jesus went to sleep. They were supposed to demand of the wind and waves submission to the word of the Son of the living God. He said, we are going to the other side. Now, wind and waves, in Jesus' name, we come against you and we command you to cease and desist your assignment. But they, they did not do that. You know the rest of the story because they didn't have the faith to do it. They had not linked up with that word. Faith comes by hearing the word. I don't have time to get into that. The word had been given. They, they chose not to sync up with that word. But in the second storm, the disciples were not supposed to rebuke it. I'm convinced they were supposed to keep rowing. And to persevere through it. I'm going to talk to somebody today. To keep moving in the direction that he told them to go. Even when it seemed like they were getting nowhere. Even when it seemed like they only had a little faith. Can I go ahead and say this? Some storms are sent to wipe you out. And you've got to rebuke them. There's just some storms that they're there to kill you. And you've got to rebuke them. You've got to take a faith stand. You, you can't tolerate some of these things. Cancer, there's, there's some storms that are coming against you to wipe you out. You, 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 can't, you can't tolerate them. You've got to rebuke them. But there are some storms that are sent to wear you out. To wear you down. And what you've got to do in those is refuse to quit. Daniel 7.25 speaks about the devil trying to wear out the saints of the living God. I'm talking about storms that come to wear you out. My assignment today is to help you focus on this second kind of storm. Where you rode and wrestled 
Mark 6.48 says that they were straining at rowing, right? It was hard, man. Their, their biceps were, were, were swell, swollen up, right? As they were working and working, enduring the waves, trying to do what God had called them to do and go where he had called them to go. And all that seemed to be happening was they were going nowhere fast. Just facing this headwind, right? Just, just going nowhere fast. I mean, you face things like that where you think, you, you should already be there by now. That those promises he made to you should have already come to pass, but they haven't. And, and you're not there. You're still right here. You barely moved. You seem to be getting all the bad breaks, the wind, the swells, the resistance. It's all in your face. I want to tell you what it is. It is the test of the second storm. Are you going to pass this test? Are you going to quit? The easy thing for them to do would have been to just say, I give up and let the wind blow them back where they came. But no, Jesus said, y'all go over there. And so in the middle of the second storm, they're just giving it everything they've got. Lord, you told us to go to the other side. And they're hustling with all of their mind to go where God called them to go and to be where God told them to be. It was a test of the second storm, a test of their will, a test of their endurance, a test of their patience, a test of their determination. I believe today, I'm looking at some folks right now, you're in the middle of the test of the second storm. Now you don't have to answer, you might be embarrassed, you know, you're like, I don't want to say anything about that. But you feel like I've rode and rode and rode, I've put everything, I've gotten into this, and I don't seem to be getting any headway. You strained to row, trying to get where he's called you to go. Let me just go ahead and cut to the chase and tell you this right now. There's coming a day where you're going to show up right where God called you to be. Weeping may endure for the night, but joy comes in the morning. You don't give up in the middle of that second storm. You push through it. You just keep going because you're going to get there. Yes, you are. Say, I'm going to get there. It's the test of the second storm. Now, Jesus sent them on this. This, this, is, this is really a five or six mile journey. It's, it's just, it's not a huge trip. We've been on that lake. It's pretty awesome, the, the Sea of Galilee. It's, but it's not really that big one side or the other where they were about five or six miles. Just a little jaunt, a hop, skip, and a jump. It, it's like going from... From, it's like going from, from here to Walmart in Prairieville. Oh, some of y'all, like, you know. You know that drive. Or it's like going from here to Chick-fil-A. By the way, Chick-fil-A or Popeye's. Well, I didn't mean to have a divided house. Wow. <laughs> This was just a short drive, just a short ride, boat trip. And in those days, with the wind, their little fishing boat would go about four and a half miles an hour to, to, make, to make that about an hour and a half trip, something like that. But against the wind, especially a violent wind like a storm wind, it, 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 you wouldn't move very fast at all in the direction you were trying to go. And in this second storm, we know from Matthew's account, they had rode for some four to six hours and only had got halfway to their destination. John tells us that's about three, 
to four miles, somewhere in there. So they're puttering along in fits and starts, ups and downs. I mean, averaging maybe, you know, a half mile an hour, uh, one step up, two steps back, just, you know, right. We, we made some progress and then another one pushes them back. They're just barely getting by, barely getting away. And I might remind you, Jesus is not in the boat with them. He might as well have been a million miles away from them in the middle of this storm. In the first storm, they can touch Him. In, in, in the first storm, they can feel His presence. In the first storm, they can get an immediate reaction from Him. Hey, wake up! Don't you care? We're about to die. But not in this storm. They're struggling without His presence, trying to obey His Word. Let me just encourage somebody today. Sometimes in your walk with God, when you're doing all you know to do, trying to do what He's called you to do, it seems like you're getting nowhere fast. Sometimes He seems to be a million miles away. I'm Pentecostal, y'all. Head to toe. I believe in the power of the presence of God. But I have walked through seasons where I felt nothing. Can I get a witness? Seem like a million miles away. My prayers are hitting the ceiling and falling back down. The devil's whispering in my ear, it ain't gonna work. He ain't listening to you. He don't care. How do you even know he's real? Who are you kidding? You fooling yourself. What are you talking about? You get all that kind of stuff, man. You're, you're trying and you're seeming, seemingly getting nowhere, man. The situation hasn't changed. You felt like God called you to do something to obey him in this area. And you're doing all you know how to do. And not only is it not working, you can't even feel his presence. He seems to be a million miles away. There, there, there was a time in that first storm when, when you were desperate and, and you had the faith and, 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 and you had lost your faith. But, but Jesus was there. You, you shook him. You said, Jesus, I've lost my faith. And, and just like that, he comes and he rescues you and he calms and changes the situation but but in that second storm sometimes when you're not getting anywhere and you've got a little faith left you can't even feel his presence i'm just telling you it's the way it is and and we know that in he inhabits the praises of his people and so you do your dance and you lift your hands but you don't feel nothing Let's get down where the rubber meets the road, man. I don't feel anything. I'm discouraged. I don't feel nothing, man. Those seasons. Sister Tenny's going to be with us next Sunday on Generation Sunday. It's going to be awesome. She's going to have a word from the Lord for us. She's amazing. And her husband, T.F. Tenny, years ago, he said this, and I loved it. He said, when you can't track God, trust Him. to you. Back when you were in His presence, He said, go to the other side. What else do you need? Just keep pushing to go to the other side. You don't need to have Him say it again to you. His word's good enough the first time. You don't need Him to reinforce it. You don't have to have His presence to keep pushing on. I'm saying to you, His presence will show up. But in that night season of the soul, when you're just trudging along in a difficult time and you can't feel Him, just trust Him and keep on rolling. Keep on doing what you know to do. Keep moving. Don't stop for a minute. Come on. 
And the devil tries to get you to quit. Listen, the devil was in the presence of God in heaven and backslid. What does he know? If he never does anything for me again, Jesus has done enough for me for me to never quit serving the rest of my life. Oh, I don't take his presence for granted. I've had seasons where I couldn't feel him. I walked through some of those seasons. I know of which I speak. Now, I don't take it for granted. I thank you, Lord, for your sweet prayer. Take not your Holy Spirit from me. But I've learned, folks, in, in my walk with him through the years, I've learned in those seasons, you just keep tracking. Because soon his presence will show up. He'll get you right where you need to be. It's the test of the second storm. There's a reason for it. It's the test of the second storm. He sent them away knowing what was going to happen. He sent them away. The test of the second storm. That, that first storm, terrifying. About to die. Jesus saved me. Second storm, frustration. <laughs> frustration. Getting nowhere fast. That second storm, however, it's going to determine your destiny. I'm telling you. Your destiny is on the other side of this test. The fulfillment of that calling and all those promises is on the other side of this test. I just concluded a series on miracles. You ought to check it out. I believe God dropped that word in my spirit. Go look it up. Go lifepoint.com. Go to the podcast. You can see it. And we've had some powerful, immediate miracles. Just things that have taken place. Jane was so excited, texted me and said, you've been preaching on miracles. My brother had every bone in his body broken, went to the doctor the other day. They said they're all healed. She said it was a total miracle what God did for my brother. It was awesome. I got a phone call from another guy in the church. He called me. He said, Pastor, I need to... He texted me. He said, can you call me? I need to talk to you. Call him. He said, I got to tell you something. The, the, there was something that happened in my business that only God could have orchestrated. It was a total miracle what God did. Uh, Wednesday night during church, we prayed over wallets and offering, and, and uh, not offering, but wallets and uh, money clips and whatever again. And, and uh, it was crazy. Dave had a situation. As we were praying, he gets a text, and, and, and the text was like, the situation you're praying over just got answered while we were praying on that Wednesday night. Immediate. Powerful. I believe in that kind of stuff. And there's been others. Uh, and, and I hope to tell you some more about them. But just incredible stuff. But let me just tell you, in my walk with God, I've learned sometimes you've got to endure. Sometimes you've got to persevere. Sometimes you've just got to crack on in the middle of the storm. And through the frustration and through the weariness and through the pain and through the tears, you've just got to push on and keep going. The easiest thing to do is just to give up and say, forget about it and let the wind blow you wherever. The hard thing to do is say, no, God, you told me to go this direction and I'm going to push on until I can't. Jesus told them, go to the other side. That's what they were doing, y'all. They were laboring. This is Labor Day weekend. They were laboring to go to the other side. It's pretty cool. When they got to the other side, they ended up in a synagogue. I preached about this. And they're in Capernaum. We've been in that synagogue. It's so cool. And Jesus says to them, eat my body, drink my blood. 
Everybody that was in that crowd that day had heard or participated in, they had heard about or participated in, been a recipient of the greatest miracle in all of Jesus' ministry. He fed 25,000 people. And, and they followed after him. They crossed over a sea that he had calmed. He had fed them fish that, as far as we know, had never swam. Bread that, as far as we know, had never been baked. And, and they're only filled with food, have strength to go, have health to go because of healing, because of Jesus. Cross the storm that Jesus, you know, a sea that Jesus had calmed the storm. They, they, they got to where he was in Capernaum that day. And Jesus then drops this truth on them. He says, except you eat my body and drink my blood, you have no part in me. It's a very hard saying of Jesus. It, it, was, it was something that the crowd wasn't expecting. They looked at Jesus to be a Moses that would be their magic man and, and, and give them manna and quail and, and, and do tricks for them. And Jesus shows up very differently and says, I, I know what you want. He said that. He said, you, you've, you've come for food, but I want to tell you, let me talk about some food. Let me talk about the bread from heaven. Let me talk about manna. Let me talk about the bread of life. Yeah. He said, my body is, is the bread sent down from above. Right. Except you eat my body and drink my blood. What? And the crowd is so fickle, man. Just the ones that he had fed, they're healed, they're filled. He says to them, this truth, and rather than sticking around and say, I don't understand what do you mean, they walk away. Right. They said, we're done with you. I guess you're not what we thought. We're going to look for somebody else. But the guys that had gone through the test of the second storm, see, they looked at him and said, Jesus looked at me and Jesus said, y'all going to leave me like everybody else? And they said, you have the words of life. Where can we go? What would make them have that kind of tenacity? You see, they had stuck out a tough word previously. Go to the other side. Ugh. Oh, this is so frustrating. Stupid wind. We might as well just go back. No, he said to go the other side. You know how he is. <sighs> Struggling. And because they endured that hard word, they passed that test. When they heard another one, they said, I don't understand that, but I will. Right. I'm, I'm going to stick with you through this hard word yeah. as well. Right. You see, in the second storm, they saw Jesus like they had never seen him before. See, there was no presence of God with them like they were used to. But while they're out there in the storm, they get a glimpse of Jesus walking on the water. They had never seen him like that before. They saw him walk the dusty streets of Galilee, but never the dusty sea, right? I guess it ain't dusty. The watery sea, right? The wet, whatever. Water's always wet. The sea of Galilee. And there he is walking. And, and they, he looked so different they didn't even recognize him. Is that who? What? And, 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 and there's depth in what was said next. Peter's like, if, if that's you, bid me come on the water. He said, come on. They saw him. They experienced him in a way they could never have experienced him except in the second storm. What am I telling you? If you'll persevere, you'll see Jesus. You'll get a revelation of him like you've never gotten before. Like you can get no place else. You've got, to, you've got to follow it. If he said to get in the boat and go, 
Get in the boat and go. And if times get tough and you don't understand, you just stay in the boat and keep going. Because you're going to see Jesus sooner or later like you've never seen him before. And it's going to give you a depth and an understanding. You're going to be able to persevere through the next commandments that he gives you. Stand with me right now. You just can't quit. It's the test of this second storm. Now, Psalm 126. Let me just read this to you. Just, I was talking to my son Caleb about this yesterday, and he dropped this on me. I'm like, that is so good. When, when the Lord brought back the captivity of Zion, we were like those who dream. So here, scholars will say this is Babylonian captives. Israel going back into Jerusalem and Israel being released out of captivity. And it said that it was like a dream to us. Like, it's too good to be true. Like, this seemed like it would last forever. And then we were released and we were free. It was like a dream. Our mouth was filled with laughter. We, we couldn't, we were beside ourselves laughing our tongue was singing. Now this is the same place where they had hung their hearts on the willows because they didn't want to sing the songs of Zion in a foreign land. But here they are laughing, singing. And, and, and it's so dramatic what the Lord has done that the heathen, the unbelievers, the uncovenanted are saying the Lord's done great things for them. That's Jehovah. They were saying their God, Jehovah, has answered their prayers and has brought them back to the land that he had promised them. And then he makes this statement, which is kind of summing up their 70 years of captivity. Those who sow in tears will reap in joy. He who continually goes forth weeping, bearing seed for sowing, shall doubtless come again with rejoicing, bringing his sheaves with them. Notice this. The psalmist, the Lord inspiring this, always assumes the sower will be sowing even through their tears. They never quit. We may be in a foreign land. We may be in a strange place. We may be in a bondage. Our promises may not seem to be coming to pass. It may be so far away that it would only be a dream of ours if it ever came to pass. But they never quit sowing. Your faithfulness in the second storm is you sowing seed through tears and through pain. What, what are you doing every time you heave back on that paddle? Pull back on those oars. You're sowing seed of obedience. And he that goes forth there, that's precious seed. That's why it's precious. You're weeping, you're crying, but you're sowing and you're obeying and you keep persevering through the difficult time. It makes it precious seed. Never fear, child of God. There's a day of harvest that is coming. It'll come out of nowhere. All of a sudden, you'll be like those that dream. Here I am standing in the middle of my dream. I don't want to be too self-serving, and I'm done, but I just want to tell you this. When we moved to Prairieville to start a church, we were in a living room. We had a bunch of wild boys. Never in my wildest days, as much as I tried to dream and I tried to believe, and I looked at this building for years, that I think I would be standing on this stage right here at the corner of Airline and Daigle, preaching a message to a house full of folks today in a church that we started in a living room with a bunch of wild boys and wild girls.
But I'm standing in my dream today. And I'm telling you, God has a way of getting you to where he's called you. If you'll be faithful, just be faithful. It's the test of the second storm. Lift your hands to him right now. Thank you for joining us today. We hope you were blessed. For more information on our church, Pastor Donovan, or service times, please visit our website at golifepoint.com.